0: Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome back to another episode of Profit First Nation, my entrepreneurial friends. Today is an episode ending in five. So that means we have our very special guest, Profit First Professionals Chief Strategic Guide, Billy Ann Grig, is in the house. Welcome, Billy Ann. Thanks, Danielle. Good to be back. Uh, so we've got three big topics that we're going to cover today and peel back the layers on and go deep and wide on them. And the first one is, um, cash flow projections. So, uh, Billy Ann, you know, we, we kind of had like a little pre chat before this episode and, uh, and this was the number one topic you wanted to bring to the table. Why? Um, The reason why, Danielle, is because I
1: just came back from a conference called Scaling New Heights. It's an industry conference for accountants and bookkeepers. And they talk a lot about what business owners are looking for so we can help business owners better. Cash flow projections, number one, over and over again, um, is something that business owners are looking for. And the data actually bears that out. If you will go and do a, a search either on Google or OpenAI, whatever it is that you're using now, um, and like, you know, what do business owners want from their accountant? It's cash flow projections. And um, I've been giving some thought to that because I used to be very heavily focused on cash flow projections and budgeting. That's what That was the first place I went when I was an employee. And even when I first started my business about 12 years ago, it's like you need a cash flow projection. You need a plan. And the, I mean, I could get people excited about those. Uh, there's something really, really exciting about seeing how much cash you could have. But then the action didn't actually happen. So the cash would come in, but it would turn around and go right back out. And it's because there wasn't an enforcement mechanism for the cash flow projection and the cash flow plan. So, um, you know, what I was thinking is I, I want business owners who are listening to this podcast to be aware, and for accountants and bookkeepers to be aware too, that the cash flow and uh, projection is important. Um, it is actually a critical part of your business strategy, but you still need the enforcement mechanism to make sure that cash is being used appropriately. And lo and behold, we have the perfect one. It's called Profit First. It's a wonderful cash flow, you know, projection. Um, enforcement mechanism is probably the best way to look at it. Put guardrails around that cash as it's coming in so it doesn't get frittered away.
0: Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. And you know what's funny is is you know, when you're saying cash flow projections, I, I think what people are wanting is they're wanting this magic report that says, Oh, you've got a ton of money about to come in. Um, but, but really, you know, to me, sometimes it, that's a little late. And, and, and it, you know, talking about this is making me think about like, oh, okay, well, How do we do this in our business? And you're exactly right. You know, it kind of starts with reverse engineering, and of course, we've done lots of episodes on that. We did a special event in July on it as well uh, for our Profit First Nation community. Reverse engineering actually based off of owners' pay, and and it really breaks it down. And and I'll be honest, you know, when I work individually with entrepreneurs. 85% of them have no idea what they really need, what, what their goal is, like how much they need to sell in the year, how many sales they need to make per month, per week, per day, uh, to, to, to make that, that top line number that they need to hit in order to, you know, kind of again, Hit that owners pay target, etc. So um, you know it, it really takes it to to breaking it down, and and when you've got your pipeline working, and and your pipeline is is continually. Filling up and working through the process and turning into, um, prospects, opportunities, sales. Then you invoice the client. And now after you've invoiced the client, now it's, it's the collections period and such. And really it's kind of that, that flow and that chain of events that gives you <laughs> what you need. Um, and, and, and gives you that, that cash flow. But to be honest, it does start with, Like, okay, what's our, what's our sales target? How many sales do we need to make this year? How many sales do we need to make this month? Um, and you also need to really break it down too when it comes to, um, the sales based off of off of the service or off of the item or off of the category uh so that so that you're getting that. So a little bit about like in one of our businesses, um we use baseline selling, which um is by Dave Kurlon and um our actually CRM is associated with 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 baseline selling. Um, we use membrane and uh funny story. Uh I, I've taken other CRMs and 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 Salesforce and uh, Fresh Sales and tried to you know do and pretty close to the baseline selling concept, but but I was so fed up with having to manually do reporting and such that I just one day googled. Baseline selling and CRM. And oh my gosh, lo and behold, this company based, um, in Europe popped up and, uh, and actually it is tied to, to Dave Curlon's, um, baseline selling concept, which is, um, you know, you think about a baseball diamond and, uh, you've got, you got to get to first base first. You're not going to score unless you, unless you pass first base. So you've got your first base, your second base, third base, and then you bring it home. And for us, when we bring something home, that means we get assigned PO from from a client, um, and then, then, then it turns into uh, you know making that project happen, getting to that invoicing of the project. Sometimes we might get a signed PO, but it's not going to deliver for nine months. Um, sometimes we get a signed PO, and it needs to be delivered tomorrow. So, um, so then the invoicing then um, tells me, okay, you know, we want we we expect eighty. Let me do the math. Um, 83, excuse me, 84%. Excuse, oh, sorry. I'm saying I'm trying to subtract 6% from 100 and I'm stumbling here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Keep you, this Bookkeeper. Um, so 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 I expect ninety-four percent of our accounts um receivable to be less than 60 days, which is pretty good for the for the construction industry um and such. And so, you know, that just kind of helps me keep an eye on things. But but going back to things, you know, um, so 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 I have a weekly sales meeting. We're tracking how many projects are at each base, first, second, third, what is the dollar value total in each of those um bases and then um and then once we bring things home I'm looking at uh you know what is our sales orders for the day how much did we write in sales orders and then those sales orders after they're delivered um turn into um into invoicing which then turns into uh accounts receivable and collections and there's the cash coming into the business so um you know what's interesting is I, I look at this every year in terms of the forecasting, and like you said, it is about like knowing where you need to go. It's about forecasting. It's about having a plan. Um, and you know, every year, lo and behold, I, I I raise. You know, basically, what I'm doing is I'm raising what we need to be writing in sales orders every day um, as that sort of like target number, and then I get um, that reported to me every day, and then it goes into a monthly report, and I get it mid month. And end of month to see where we are versus, you know, month to date um, and and year to date in terms of those goals and such. So um, we will have a resource for this episode. associated with you being able to see um, a sample of, of what I'm talking about here in terms of how we're tracking um, the sales orders that we write every day and 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 against the plan and, and how that works out and such. So nice. um, anything else on cash flow? Sorry, I just kind of <laughs> went, went <laughs> under the hood of, of my organization and right. explained what we do.
1: Well, I mean, something that you said, you, you used the words magic report, and that triggered something um, that one of the speakers actually at the conference said, which was, there is no magic report, the power is in the process. And what you just shared showed the power of the process. Um, I, think, I think you're right. I think a lot of business owners are looking for that magic report that says everything is going to be okay. And everything will be okay if the plan goes according to plan. Um, But you have to go through that process because if you don't, then you're not going to see if things are going off the plan and then you get a nasty surprise later. So um, yeah, I mean, the power its with all things. The power is in the process Uh, with profit first. The power is in the process of doing your allocations and making sure that you're protecting your cash from yourself. So um, yeah, great, great conversation about cash flow projections.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I think, I think, I I, I mean, uh, for, for, for the producer listening in on this, um, there's our title, The Power of the Process. Um, because yeah, it, 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 it isn't magic. You have to pull your head out of the sand and, and you have to trust the process. Like you have to put faith in a process and work it. Just grind it. Um, it's not, it's not always sexy. It's not always pretty. And some days I just, you know, am like, Wow, we did nothing. Zero, a big zero. Like, how did a zero happen? You know? Um, and, and, and then it's just like, all right, well. This can't happen again tomorrow. So, hey guys, luckily I get these numbers first thing in the morning in our daily huddle. But um, you know, it's 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 just about like keeping with that process and not just saying, "Oh, well, it it must not be working" because we had a zero day today. No, it just means that we got to we got to we got to crank up the process a little a little bit harder. Um, So, yes, the power is in the process, and you know, like just like profit first, it is a process. It is a system, and if you. You stick with the process. If you stick with the system, not ish, but doing it right, uh, you, you will reap the benefits.
1: Absolutely. So key takeaway from this section, you do need a cash flow projection, but you also need profit first. So it's not either or, it's both and. Yes, exactly.
0: Uh okay, topic number two. Um, I'm interested to really get your take on this because um, you know, I am hearing a lot from um our fellow Profit First Professional uh bookkeepers and accountants about uh AI and um how it's uh impacting um their customers, their businesses, it's really kind of the whole bookkeeping and accounting industry. Right,
1: exactly. Um, And it was another hot topic at Scaling New Heights at that conference. So um, what I would say is AI is your friend but it's a friend that needs some guardrails. So it's a friend that needs some boundaries around it. Um, there is a misconception and it's been here. I mean, it's not anything new. We've just been recently talking about you know, AI, chat GPT, all of that since November, December of last year, but really automation and AI and machine learning and all of that around bookkeeping and accounting has been talked about for at least the past 10 or 12 years since I started my business. And the um, the misconception is the same now as it was then. And it's that AI will replace the human bookkeeper or accountant or the need for a human bookkeeper or accountant. That is not true. AI cannot Uh, operate autonomously. There have to be people that are driving that artificial intelligence. I'm not just talking about the programmers. You need a highly skilled accountant or bookkeeper who can look at the data, can look at the reports that uh, are being generated by the data that the AI is bringing in and saying, this looks right, or you know what, I'm not sure I trust this number. Um, And it takes... A, a certain amount of expertise to be able to look at a set of financials and say, that number doesn't look right. I need to go investigate um, and make sure that everything's working correctly, maybe do some troubleshooting. And that's even after the initial setup process, because if it's not set up correctly, I mean, there's that old concept of Geigo, garbage in, garbage out. So you have to make sure it's set up correctly. Um, so, you know, all of that is to say, AI is going to make our lives easier, it's going to allow us to do more better and faster. But it's also going to increase the need for highly skilled professionals across the board, regardless of what industry you're in, who can look at what this AI is generating and say, this makes sense, or no, I don't think this makes sense at all. And we need to take a closer look at it um, AI also can't create right now. I mean, yeah, you see that it can do, you know, graphics and things like that, but it can only create based on what's already existed in the past. So as far as innovation, like true innovative creativity that business owners, entrepreneurs are really known for AI is not a threat at all in that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and I think what's interesting too is, um, you know, I've heard of people saying, oh, I'm using Bench. Um, which is a, which is a really AI driven, you know, good luck trying to talk to a human. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, they kind of act like there's people behind there, but, um, let's be honest, you, you don't have someone that's dedicated. You have someone that is maybe, um, you know, gonna look at things, but, but it has all been done under the hood, leveraging AI and um, and you're not going to get that consultative you're not going to get that um, that that opportunity when something looks wrong or right because AI doesn't know if it's looking wrong it's it's thinking it's doing things right um, and I mean I'm sure all of us have experimented a little bit with AI and I mean let's be honest you know it's 50-50 probably in terms of results of, of either wowing you or just missing the mark, to be honest. Um, and, and the same thing can happen when you are relying on AI to, you know, be posting your transactions and, and doing all of that behind the scenes. Um, so definitely, definitely, especially if you're not, you know, a lover of bookkeeping and accounting, you need that accountability with a, an advisor. Ideally, a profit first professional accountant, bookkeeper, or coach who will, you know, uh, you know, hop on a zoom with you or, or send you a quick video to walk you through your financials so that you really understand where the opportunities are. Your financials are sort of a rear view mirror, but that doesn't mean that it can't, it's not useful for what your next play is and what you're going to change or what you're going to do different going forward. You can't change what happened last month on your financials, but you can chart a new course based off of that information. Going Going forward, to um, you know, be more profitable, reduce those expenses. Look at what it will take to, um, you know, ad- adjust and, and and pay down liabilities, or um, you know, just wor- work work the numbers, right. Right. And an AI, at least
1: not in the foreseeable future, is going to be able to look at your business holistically and you as a business owner, an individual who owns this business, who has heart and soul as part of this business and say, this is the right move for you. So even though there are AI technologies out there right now that are really cool and you can ask it a question and it can tell you, you know, your expenses in this category look a little high. But it doesn't know why the expenses are high. It doesn't know that that was actually a strategic move on your part to build a relationship. Or it doesn't know that your business has a goal of funding some community you know, project or something like that. And that's why that expense is high. It's just going to
0: say, reduce this expense.
1: It's going to take a human to do
0: that. And, you know, I think the other thing, too, is like, if you're doing what everyone else is doing, then... How are you differentiating yourself? How are you like rising to the top and such? And so, yeah, you can, you know, let's, let's just say, let's be honest, like, you know, using something like bench or, or AI is cheap. You know, there, there is. That's probably the cheapest option because there is no human involved in it. But when you go down that path, you're kind of going down the generic path and just being like everyone else and such. And so, yeah, you might get, you know, checking the box and, and some semi seemingly compliant, um, financial records and such. But, uh, but, but, but you're just running with the pack. Um, and when you work with someone, when you collaborate, when you have some accountability, when you have to like face the truth of your financials with someone. And let's be honest. I mean, um, I, I like to say that, you know, sometimes, you know, there's sometimes when there's bad months, it's almost like you'd rather like take off your clothes in front of your accountant then have to sit and 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 go over your financials with your accountant right um because you are having to to bear sometimes you know not not the most flattering picture of yourself with your financials and such but let me tell you people who are um accountants and bookkeepers especially my fellow profit first professional uh peeps they have such a heart and such compassion and 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 such a drive to help entrepreneurs because they understand that not everyone's a fan of numbers like them they understand that not everyone nerds out and really like gets excited about this stuff and and they're wanting to help Take that passion that they have and share that gift with you, and help you understand your numbers. Help you love your numbers. Help you get excited about your numbers and such. So, um, you know, they're 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 business owners too, actually. So they definitely understand the the trials and tribulations, ups and downs, twists and turns of being a business owner uh, when you're working with a, a a profit first professional accountant, bookkeeper, or coach. And um, and so that that that. That, that shared sense of, of, of wanting to help you and, and passion and see your business succeed um, trumps bench or any sort of AI solution out there that will help you rise to the top. Absolutely. Okay, and we have one more topic um, and, and I guess it's appropriate. It's the third course, third topic of the program. Um, so that's dessert, right? Let's talk pie, Billy-Ann.
1: Yeah, let's talk about pie a little bit. So um, again, you know, I'm speaking from the accounting bookkeeping world, that industry. um, I'm pretty sure it happens across the board, though. There is this tendency to kind of want the whole pie, you know, so um, maybe you have a, a customer that is buying something from you, and then they need a complimentary product or service. And you're like, well, I could offer that. And then they need a compliment to that. And you could offer that too. And yes, you could. However, I've been thinking a lot about the pie and the need to share the pie. Because if you try to eat the whole pie yourself, you're going to end up sick and miserable and um, all sorts of bad things are going to happen. But if you share that pie, if you eat your piece of the pie, not only do you get to focus on what you're truly good at, what your passion is, But the real magic happens because now you're able to collaborate with other complementary professionals, not competitors, but complementary professionals who have their own client bases that have overlap. So it's like those little Venn diagrams. You know, you've got overlap with this. You have overlap with an insurance broker and you have overlap with a banker and you have overlap, of course, if you're a a bookkeeper with a CPA and you have overlap with HR firms. So it's all this overlap and everybody benefits. I mean, it streamlines your processes internally, it streamlines your marketing, you're able to share business back and forth. It's like your own little networking group at that point. So um, just I mean, my encouragement for today is, you know, even if you're not super niche down or whatever, start looking at what your compliments are, who are the complementary business professionals, either in your community or in your industry, and how can you connect with them to help each other out?
0: You know, I think that's, that's a great point because it is like, you know, I think a natural tendency for business owners to want to be the the single source of their customers' uh, wants and needs, and so oftentimes you you could start adding things that that don't make sense, but it's because your best customer wants it and such. And you know, I think the other thing that that's interesting about that concept is that you tend to go you know wider. Um, with, 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 with a handful of customers. And now you've got you know more of your eggs in one basket because you are not really focused on being the number one at providing this piece of the pie. You're trying to sell the whole pie to a handful of customers, um, and and that always gets dangerous. I mean, you know, in my first business, I learned that lesson pretty quickly um, out of the gate. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I don't know good or bad, but I learned it early. Let's just say um, that. At, uh you know just kind of flexing more for the customer and this at the other uh doesn't always doesn't always suit you um, because it kind of takes your eye off of, of of the whole process of getting new customers and and just focusing on on your sweet spot which is probably your most profitable thing that you're doing too um and you know my story is is I i i, I went I went I went wider um for for one customer and then they filed bankruptcy so hmm that was, that was, that was fun to navigate. Um, and and in hindsight, you know, I wish I would have just kind of stuck to what we did initially for them and then just bring on other complimentary clients, um, that we could have done the same, just sweet spot. Here's, here's, we, we sell, we're selling one slice of pie here for you. Yes. One slice of pie
1: and, and somebody else can have another slice of the pie. You all share the pie. Everybody benefits. Including your customers. I mean, your customers really do benefit too from having multiple complementary professionals working together. I've seen it in my own business. I've seen it in other people's businesses, just in the accounting space that um, everyone's more powerful when we work together.
0: All of us are smarter than one of us. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us, Billy Ann. And um, so episodes, remember, ending in five. If you want to go back where we kind of dive deep into some Profit First topics with Billy Ann Grigg, Profit First Professionals. Chief Strategic Guide. Those episodes end in five. So uh, we'll see you again, Billy Ann, um, another 10 episodes away. Thanks for joining us. And if you would like to connect with one of our fellow certified Profit First professionals, then go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact where you can connect. Also at Clicking on contact, you can access resources for today's episode, which includes the the the, the daily matrix on how to track your uh, your daily sales number against uh, your your month to date. All right, cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friend! Thanks for tuning in to the Profit First Nation podcast. We hope you found today's episode valuable and that it's inspired you to take action towards achieving permanent profitability in your business. If you want to learn more about how to implement Profit First in your business and connect with a community of like-minded entrepreneurs, be sure to visit us at ProfitFirstNation.com to download our how-to guides and resources. Remember, permanent profitability is within your reach and we're here to support you every step of the way. So let's do Profit First right together. First Nation website, related podcasts and videos are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.